Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Let's, let's jump right into week four, which is God, money, and me. It's money's multiplication. How do we move from addition to multiplication when it comes to money? Today we'll talk about money's multiplication both with our finances now and for the future. Some Christians are probably not even in addition, but maybe in subtraction due to mindsets of poverty or lack or just going through a crisis in our life. God wants to change our mindsets, to trust in his word and to learn to walk together in unity and blessing. Some people that I've met have an attitude towards God of just enough. Some of even not enough, but the Holy Spirit is wanting us to grow so that we experience our God of more than enough in every area of our lives. God's promises require us to activate them by faith and to have a right way of living. We've looked at money's myths in week one, money's spirit of mammon that will try and influence and and direct our money. And last week we looked at money's test, the challenge of putting God first in our finances, the principle of tithing and honouring God so that his blessing can come on all the other areas and of our finances. In this message, we want to look at God's multiplication of money. God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to many others with a right kind of expectation and spirit. And how much today we have an opportunity for Christians and the church to be a blessing to so many that are living in fear and panic and to provide and support in practical ways. Let's look at the Word of God. Proverbs 8, 17 and 18 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honour are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. It is so easy to settle for life as it is, but God challenges us to seek Him diligently in this proverb. And it's very interesting that the word of God would put righteousness and enduring riches as rewards or results of diligently seeking God. When we think of seeking God, we think, well, God's going to bless us and bring forgiveness and hope and peace and grace and all those things that we need for our lives and to bless our families. But here the scripture says, if we seek him diligently, there will come riches and honor, righteousness and blessing and prosperity over our lives. When we seek God and set a pathway of financial freedom and blessing, there is an echo that goes on and on to the next generation. So this is not just about us living in blessing today or for the near future, but as we set a pathway of generosity, of honouring God with our finances and believing His promises, we set up our children and grandchildren for success and favour. When we get the money thing right in our lives, the gospel will be shared, able to be shared with so many more people. Proverbs 8 goes on in verse 20 and 21. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. What another great promise from God's word, that as we seek him, live righteous lives, that he will enable us to inherit wealth, which is not just money, it's um, possessions, it's land, it's buildings, it's businesses, it's favour, 
So there's so many other promises. And it, it says in Deuteronomy 8 that God gives us the power to get wealth. So God's not against wealth or money. He does struggle when we try to get it for ourselves and use it on ourselves. But he wants us to be blessed so we can meet the needs of others. We need to accept our inheritance and not settle for less. I believe the enemy tries to get us to settle for less. A bit about my story. I was brought up on a farm with uh, four brothers and one sister, so six mouths to feed plus mum and dad. And my parents were godly people, took us to church morning and night every Sunday and were very faithful in giving tithes and sharing spare food with neighbours. They taught us um, a really good example. They didn't have much spare money when I was growing up on the farm through droughts, through floods, through uh, sicknesses in animals, but they were generous with what they had. And I remember even as a child, they would give me 50 cents pocket money for mowing the lawn or chopping some wood, which doesn't sound like much now, but it was worth probably $20 back th in today's money. But they would give it to me in coins so I could put 10% into the offering when I went to church on Sunday. Even as a child, they taught me that. I didn't understand fully the power of it. But I knew that God provided. But we didn't have a lot spare. And at times as a child, I grew up with this thinking that God was the God of just enough. We never went hungry. We always had a bit to share with others. But I, I think I grew up with not a poverty mindset, but just enough to get through. And then as I began to really follow God myself and worked and got married and had children, end up becoming a pastor, I started to realize God wanted to be moved from seeing God as just the God of just enough to the God of more than enough. That he wants to bless us and trust us with money and resources so that we can be a blessing and meet the needs of missions, of uh, chaplains, of our families, of the poor and needy in our community. And I had to grow and stretch from the God of just enough. And I've, I meet some people that they see God as the God of not even enough. And so they think, well, God, it's just never going to, I'm never going to succeed or arise out of this place. So God used my growing experience to challenge me that my experience would be the God of more than enough. Jabez, in his amazing well-known prayer in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, reminds of this. It says, Jabez was more honourable than his brothers and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Wow, fancy be calling a pain to your kid. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Jabez wanted God to bless him so that he didn't repeat the pain that he'd been through and with his family. And I believe that God wants you and I to not settle for what we have had, good or bad, but to grow, to bring increase. And we can pray Jabez's prayer. Lord, I don't want to be a pain to other people. I want to be blessed by you so that I can be a blessing to others. If I have a spirit of multiplication of God's blessing on my life, then the generations that follow me start off and experience a much larger and blessed life. 
I believe what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 is very powerful. It says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And I want to encourage you today, don't settle for just where you are or what has been. Let's continue to grow for increase and favor. There are so many more opportunities and blessings that God wants to flow through your life with finance, with work, with creativity, with the skills and career that you have, with the relationships you have and opportunities to bring hope to other people's lives. We have to believe that God is going to enlarge our world and bless us more so that we can be a blessing to others. I long for the day when the church is the place that people turn to when they have needs in any area of their lives, including finances and, and budgeting and, and prayers for healing and relationships. And, and I believe we're going to see the days coming where many in our community will be turning to the church and to Christians for help. And that's already happening. John 15, 7 and 8, Jesus spoke these powerful words. He said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. God wants our lives to be very fruitful. Another scripture in John says that Jesus wants our lives to bear fruit that lasts, not just short-term or temporary things. And it says that as we abide in him and his words... Whatever we ask or desire, he will give it to us. This is very, very powerful. He's calling us to grow and to rise in blessing. As a parent, I delight to be able to give something to my child that they really want. If I know they're prepared to use it well and they have the capacity, if I have the capacity, I will give it to them. And our Heavenly Father wants to trust us with his money, with opportunity, with uh, experiences so that he puts it in our hands so that we can then have an open hand. The Bible says, be open-handed, not tight-fisted. And it's easy when pressure's on. And even like in our present environment now where people start to hoard, they, they're hoarding food and toilet paper and, and, and they're just scared. Fear will cause you to hoard and hold selfishly. Whereas God says, have an open hand and an open heart. And then he will trust you and release more. And I believe as believers today, he, we have an opportunity now in this nation and this time of need to be ones who share, that we see multiplication and blessing. And he wants us as his children to be able to receive. The Father's heart of God is the same. He wants to give us so much more in finance and resources so that we can manage it well and be a blessing to the kingdom of God. The enemy tries to separate us from God or causes us to accept a survival mindset. And God, that's not what the word of God says. It says he wants us to bless us. Money needs multiplication, being thankful for what we have, but believing and desiring for more for his purposes. Some of us have been raised where we've been taught to be thankful. And my mum and dad taught me, always be thankful for your meals and your food. And I remember there were times when drought was on. We didn't have much, but we still had enough. And they taught us to be thankful, but at times that got me into thinking, well, we, we just have enough. And I remember when I was going to school, I think it was grade one or grade two, 
uh, six or seven year old, and I remember my feet grew really fast. I've got size 14 feet now. They were growing fast, and I was outgrowing my shoes. And I know in my childish thinking, I thought, we don't have much spare money, so I won't tell mum and dad my feet are getting really tight in my shoes. And it was like it was restricting me even asking. And I remember one day mum saw my toes just about coming out the end of my shoes, and she saw my toes being bent over. She said, are your shoes too tight? And I said, well, they are a bit. She said, why didn't you tell us? I said, I I didn't think we had the money to do it. And I remember that. And God's taught me to to grow out of that just enough mindset. And yet the enemy will try and box us in and you've got part-time work or casual work and you just seem to get a little bit together and then something breaks down and the enemy's trying to steal us and let us get us to settle for less but I want to encourage you today that God wants us to step up for more Psalm 22 verses 7 and 8 says I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me you are my son today I have begotten you ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession wow God is inviting us to ask him for more for bigger things, for influence and favour. Not just success, but for favour and influence to touch people's hearts and our lives. And God responds to an activated and persistent ask. He doesn't want us just to ask once, but to keep asking and believing. It says, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. And, and I believe that God wants us, not because he's reluctant, but I think sometimes he wants to know our hearts are really desiring his presence his love and power, desiring to be blessed even in areas of money and resources so that we can bless and touch other people's lives. It's so frustrating when you see someone in need at a shop and they don't have enough money to pay their groceries. And how awesome is it saying, hey, I've got some spare, I can give it to you. But how frustrating is it when you think, well, I don't have any spare this week. And so you say a quick prayer, but you can't actually meet the need like you'd like to. That's what I mean by God blessing us so that we've got that extra to bless and uh, surprise people. So we need to take God's word as truth and activate it by faith. James 4, 2 and 3 talks about this some more about asking. You lust and you do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So God says sometimes when we ask, it's with mixed motives. Sometimes it's because we want to prove that we're more blessed. Sometimes it's because we want to get, get something for our own needs to be met. And God's not against meeting our needs, but he wants to make sure our motivations are right. It's not out of jealousy or competition or fear. It's out of a genuine heart to bless other people. And when we do it like that, I know that God will often meet us and so that we can then be an example to our generations. And I thank God for each of our children and now some of our grandchildren are learning the power and blessing of giving tithes and offerings, being generous to the poor and needy, sowing into missions and just sowing their lives to help other people for the kingdom of God. And I thank God I learned that from my parents and now our children and grandchildren are learning that as well. And I encourage you to make sure that you're passing on your faith 
and your generosity to others. God will honour those who honour him. Be like Jabez who asked God for breakthrough so that he didn't repeat his beginning. A reminder the story of the uh, widow in uh, Luke 18. She just refused to give up. She says, I need your help. I need some judgment. The judge says, no, you're not important or significant. I've got too many other things on my, on my list of things to do. But this woman refused to give up. And in verse 7 and 8, it says, And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? One version says, will he find this kind of faith that is determined not to settle for what is, but to believe for what God has promised for us, for our own lives and for others. There has to be in our pathway a right spirit, a right motivation. God wants us to believe that he has got more for our lives. No matter what age or what our start out in life is, he's got more. No matter what my past has been with money, whether it's been disappointment, failure, poverty, even bankruptcy or lack, God is able to turn this around because he's the God who loves us. I think sports can tell us some really good stories and at present a lot of the sporting competitions are on hold because of the virus but I've always been a keen participator and watcher of sport and I've learned a few things about winning teams and I've observed this. Number one, you don't look at the scoreboard. You don't settle for survival because if you're really way behind on the scoreboard, sometimes you'll give up and not try hard enough. And if you're a long way in front, you get complacent and then you might get beaten. So it's important not to look at just the immediate scoreboard. Second thing is you need to keep to the game plan. Play the whole game. Start out and finish well. And thirdly, you've got to commit 100% of yourself until the game is finished. Don't give 50% or 80% or think, oh, someone else will carry the team, the star player. No, it, the teams that win consistently are ones where everyone gives 100% of their effort and their heart and their mind. And I believe it's the same in our finances. We need to not just take into account what our present financial blessing or lack is, but we need to have a game plan, which is God's word, sowing and reaping. And we need to give ourselves 100% to it and follow through on his plan. Psalm 37, 35 verse 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad, who favour my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Well, God delights to prosper us doesn't mean that it's always easy because there are testing times there are times when we've sown wrong things and there's a reaping and a sorting out of that but God loves to bless his people just like parents and grandparents love to bless their kids and grandkids they don't just wait for a birthday um, they want to give gifts as often as they can they want to bless them and encourage them Imagine doing this every week, every day of the week where you thank God and you worship him and thank him for all the blessings and say, God, I want to be blessed and prosperous. Galatians 6, 
7 to 9 reminds us of the power of sowing and reaping. Verse 7 is a really challenging verse of Galatians 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. It says, don't be deceived or led off the pathway is what the, verse actually, the word actually means. It goes on in verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So the carnal nature, the flesh, our selfish desires, if we sow to that, we're going to reap that back in our own self, in our own lives, and we'll see that reaped in our relationships. But if we sow kindness and love and generosity and, and hope and truth, and we're prepared to face things and ask God for forgiveness to change us and help us leave the past behind, we will see favor and good fruit will grow in our lives. The enemy knows that seed releases harvest. He knows what you sow by your words and your actions and attitudes. He knows that it will produce a harvest for good or for bad. And uh, I remember hearing the story of the, the young student who came home from school and they had the little experiment where they had to take the, the bean seed and put it into a, a bottle with some uh, um, bit of soil in there and to put it in and then put it in a nice warm place with some light and in time it would grow. But guess what happens? After two days, the child sneaks in one morning before breakfast, checking to see if the bean seed's growing, puts his finger in and starts scratching around inside. Hasn't grown, but it's just starting to shoot and he'll probably knock the top of the, seed, the uh, shoot off. Patience. There's a time lag between sowing and reaping. My dad used to do the same. We used to grow lots of potatoes and pumpkins to feed our family. I remember my dad, he'd put the little potato seeds in, seed potatoes, and wait for them to shoot. And, and if it was a bit dry or a bit cold, it would sometimes take a week or two for them to come. In really good conditions, they'd be up in a few days. And my dad would be tempted. If they weren't coming up in a week, he'd be tempted to start scratching in the ground, wondering, do I need to water it more? And I remember after watching me do this a few times, and every now and then he'd accidentally knock the little shoot coming. I'd say, Dad, don't do it. But he, he just struggled not to do it because he wanted to know whether he needed to water it um, more. And we've got to be careful that when we follow God's plan of finances, we don't get impatient and touch, start to take shortcuts and forget God's long-term plan of having surrendered our finances to him, trusting him putting faith to it and not letting fear or short-term setbacks, staying to the game plan, following through on his word, all of those things, we need to be aware that we don't give up. Don't give up waiting for the harvest because it will come. Verse 9 says, it says in Galatians 6, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Next week, we'll look at the, uh, the four principles together and we'll, it'll, we'll see it all come together in the last week of the series. But in those verses today, it's reminded us it's got a lot to do with the health of our heart. Heart health often determines your seed size. When your heart's 
really a place of trusting and believing. It's easier to sow seeds of kindness and love. It's easier to sow seeds of finance into the kingdom of God. But if our heart is really overwhelmed by fear or anxiety, it's crowded or it's been disappointed or listening to what other people say instead of what God's word says, we can end up not having a healthy heart and we will struggle to keep sowing and giving and sharing with what God has blessed us with. So I want to encourage you today, don't sow sparingly and reap sparingly, but sow generously and you will reap generously in every area of your life. And 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 11 is our last scripture today that reminds us of this. It says, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness." while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. God gives seed to sowers because he knows that you're going to multiply it, you're going to invest it, you're going to share it, you're going to use it wisely. And I encourage you today, have a spirit of expectation. Ask consistently for blessing and for breakthroughs. Not just to settle for addition, don't ever settle for subtract, subtraction long term when the enemy is trying to steal. And there are times where our testings of our heart, but don't stay in a place of loss and subtraction. Because not all loss needs to be destructive. It can get you focused and purposeful to see God increase your life. So I want to encourage you today, as you've listened to this message, to ask God to help look at your heart is your heart healthy is it overcrowded is it allowing fear or anxiety is it living out of some disappointments of the past or are we filling ourselves with God's incredible words where he wants to bless us with righteousness and peace and forgiveness he wants to bless us with prosperity and hope he wants to trust you with his resources with open hands so it will flow through you for the kingdom of God to grow and to bless others I'd like to pray a prayer for you now and, and encourage you to reflect um, on these words for this coming week. Let's pray. Father, I pray for your word that it will do its mighty work in each person's life. I pray for your financial provision for some that right now might be in a challenging situation with the fear and anxiety, maybe their job is in jeopardy or their hours have been cut back. Lord, I pray that they would trust you and peace would come and you would open up other work for them. You would open up ways to provide for them. Lord, I just pray for those that are elderly that they would have a peace in their heart, not to be afraid of the future. Lord, I thank that you are our provider and you asked us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And Lord, you've promised to meet our needs daily, spiritually, emotionally, uh, financially and in every way. Lord, we just believe for increase to come, that fear would not rule us, but faith would lead us. Love would overflow us. 
And Lord, I pray for any reversals would happen and there would be blessing to come over your people today. That Bayside Christian Church will be full of blessing and generous people that are being a provision to many in our community. I pray for our business and professional men and women. Lord, in the midst of this challenge, they would see breakthroughs and creative ideas and ways to do things better or different. Lord, we pray for your favour and peace and blessing to be over us in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray that God would bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.